0: Fight. We don't have to kill. Everybody in the world really just needs to chill. No, we don't have to bust, no, no, no. We don't have to fight. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George. This is episode number 89, and I could not be more excited about my guest this time around. He is a Juno Award-winning comedian, as well as someone whose acting career is very justly on a meteoric rise at the moment. But before we get into it, as always, I want to remind you if you're watching on YouTube right now and you would prefer audio only for whatever reason, you can get that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio and other places like that. If you were listening on one of those platforms, though, and you didn't even realize that there was a visual side to this show, I implore you to please come check it out here on YouTube. If you come over to this side of things, I would really appreciate it if you would consider hitting that subscribe button. Obviously, you do not have to, but it really helps me out and I love connecting with new people. So if this is your first time stopping by or you've been a supporter for a long time, either way, it really means a lot to me. So thank you so much. If you wanted to reach out to me, maybe with a cool guest idea or some general feedback about this program, you can do so on social media or simply send me an email at justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. If you do decide to drop me a line, let me know if you have any interest in one of these holofoil stickers with the show's logo on it, and I will send you one free of charge. If you've been thinking about it for a while, uh, now's the time because I'm running out and we've got 10 episodes left before we'll be at the 100th episode, which we're planning to do live in front of an audience. uh, And I will probably give the rest of them out at that time. So I'll keep you more uh, updated on developments for that as it comes. We're hoping to probably do it at Yuck Yucks. But uh, as I said, keep your ears out and and, uh, you'll know when I know. Now back to the guest of honor. As I said off the top, an extremely skilled, talented comedian and actor. I'm talking about Dave Merhege. And this was a great conversation. He was originally supposed to stop by in December, but uh, he was only here for a day. His train got delayed. He had a show that night. So we had to postpone it. Thankfully, Zoom came to the rescue once again. And I really did have just such a great time chatting with him. We talked about so many things. We talked about faith. We talked about diets. We talked about hip hop. We got into his new movie, where it's his first feature film leading role opposite Daisy Ridley called Sometimes I Think About Dying, which just uh, at the time of recording this intro, it just had its premiere at the Sundance Film Festival. So big moves happening for Dave. Uh, And we also got into Rami, which is a phenomenal show. Honestly, if you haven't seen Rami, pause this, episode of this podcast and go watch some Rami and then come on back because you will not be disappointed. Uh, All in all, just so thankful I had a chance to speak with this man and go check out what he's done and enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. Thanks, man. And it's a really kind of a trip talking to you because I've been binging Rami for the last little while. So it's a little bit surreal, honestly. Oh, wow. nah, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank I was you. already a fan of your comedy, but uh, I did want to start with Rami just because it's so fresh on my brain right now. Um, my soon to be wife and I, we've really been deep into it. We got about halfway through season three. And then for whatever reason, I couldn't find the rest of the episodes on Amazon. Like I couldn't access them oh i think that's that i someone else had told me the same thing i don't i don't know as of last night i was able to find them though so i kind of jumped ahead a few because i wanted to see the episode that was where you were the focal point you know second opinion doctor um so i'll start off just by asking you because i know in that show your character ahmed is a really pious devout uh religious person uh but in real life i know you were raised catholic or christian Um, so I'm wondering where do you fall on the spiritual spectrum? Are you, you know, a believer, so to speak, or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like,
1: I don't, you know, the, I think sometime I was talking to somebody a while ago about the institution of religion and how it turns them off. Mm. Do you know what I mean? When they, when, you know, and I always, you know, I, I grew up my mom and my dad and my sister are, you know, they're, they're very religious and we grew up you know, specifically me, me and my sister going to church every Sunday in Windsor, where we, we grew up in Windsor. So we were, I remember vividly waking up watching actually um, American Gladiator right <laughs> while my mom was getting us, getting us ready, getting everyone ready. And my dad ironing, they were like ironing his clothes and it was like very vivid. And uh, we'd go to church, you know, a lot of times, I think, because you're a kid, you're just running around. We would we would be on the steps. My my best friend at the time, his parents were in the choir, so they were at the top level, and it just seemed like, you know, not I don't want to say fun, but you just not your brain. You're just going to you're going to church because your parents are telling you to go to church. And then I grew up, and I believe I read the Bible, and I think it was more for me. It was a um, uh, just me and God. Like I don't really put the institution in. Yeah me and the rule and i think it gets muddy for 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 me specifically you know what i mean like no i,
0: I totally agree when it becomes I, mean, I don't
1: i don't try to like you know it's it's just really a connection between me and god like just that straightforward connection do you know what i mean i don't worry yeah institution and all that stuff i, I don't really i don't really
0: kind of um i don't want to necessarily yeah i just don't really mess it doesn't it. resonate with you yeah, I, I totally either. get that yeah i do think no. a spiritual journey should be a personal one uh you know i'm i believe in some sort of something i don't know what yeah. i believe in to be fair but i agree with you that that larger entity when it becomes almost like a, a business or a corporation and yeah you know I think the
1: happiness of it to the sin stuff turns yeah. people away that and yeah. it puts this guilty thing and it's I I don't think it's funny. It's like, you know, sometimes I mean, if you don't believe in anything that's, you know, that's you that's up that's up to you, but it's like uh not that I find it funny maybe. It's like you know when someone believes in astrology and then they're like, yeah, but religious bullshit, bro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, religious bullshit. Mine, well, yeah, why is mine so bullshit? But then you read into a newspaper, yeah, you're going to have a bad yeah. Wednesday cuz you're a Scorpio or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so
0: Yeah. I don't know, but
1: I do. I do. I, I do.
0: I am spiritual. Yeah. I do think that also, especially bringing kids to church and stuff, that's where I find it gets a little complicated just because, you know, to me, religion should be one of those things like voting. You should have to be like sort of a consenting adult and say, I want to do this. I found this on my own, as opposed to you're obviously going to want to do what your parents want you to do. And it can be kind of, I don't want to say brainwashing, but, You you do have this sponge like brain when you're really young and you're kind of just going with the flow and and the people you love you trust them so I almost feel like yeah that indoctrination is is a little bit scary to me
1: yeah and I think like I've I've spoken to like past partners I mean I you know I I I was in a relationship in uh, a a a few months ago like I was dating um, someone I wasn't yeah and, and when we were in that relationship they we spoke about you know religion and raising if we were to have children and um she was Jewish, she, she is Jewish. And I don't think um she vibed with Christianity as much. So yeah. it was like, and that's, that's hard. That, I remember that conversation being tough because it's like, well, I'm like, I'm not going to me personally. I just want my kids to find whatever religion they want to find. Yeah. That's how I'm going to look at it. And, and then, um but you know, and it's a really valid like situation where she was like, well, what if I tell them I don't want them to be, christian or something like that and it's like you know what i mean and that's it's conflict i mean i can see it being very conflicting there so it's i think that talk is is like so tough when you're trying to raise kids you know you know you tell them not to 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 believe in something or to believe in something it just gets pretty tricky so
0: when in reality i think probably the healthiest way to approach spirituality is is forming your own like patchwork and taking things from many different religions and you know, I think that when you sign up to be on this team or that team, that's just a silly decision, you know, big time, Extreme. And sometimes it's like we we're saying, it's not a decision you really get to make. It's one that's sort of forced on you. I had a very interesting uh, childhood in that respect, because I did go to Catholic school until grade eight, but my parents weren't Catholic. It was they just thought it was the best school in the area. So I was never baptized. I didn't get to eat the bread. I had kind of a black sheep syndrome going on where I felt like an outcast um and and i do still carry some of that catholic guilt so i you know it's it's tricky stuff yeah it's like a um i mean you're not missing i mean the bread is pretty missing anything but that's rude uh well it's not uh, like i thought the bread was going to be delicious but it was more the social dynamic of not getting to eat the bread you know i remember always being like as a kid being like why is this taste yeah um, yeah they can't flavor it or something (laughs) um do you actually because of uh being on rami do people often assume you're muslim
1: yeah um they 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 do i mean i think people like when they latch on to i mean when they not latch on but like when you're experiencing tv and a character it could get like you know i've i've done it i've watched you know what i mean like I've watched shows where if I met the person, maybe in my head, I'm, not that I believe they're that person, but you're so hyped. It's hard to disassociate that. And you're you know. so jacked about it. Like yeah. you're like, oh man, this, you know what I mean? Like the Punisher is actually the Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, so I could see, you know, and I mean, they might not know the workings of TV, right? This is like, they're not in the business. So they might've thought like they just hired somebody who's that. So that you really don't know. So I think a lot of times that happens where they yeah. will know. And I think it's because they want to share, they want to connect as well, too. So it's it's pretty interesting.
0: Especially so- if like, they see me wasted somewhere. <laughs> yeah, they think you're being a bad, bad Muslim. That's very yeah, uh, you're Haram kind of or something like that. So did you learn a lot about Muslim culture through being a part of Rami? Because I know from watching it, I've learned so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, I grew up in I grew up like I said in Windsor, Ontario, and there was a big population of of um, like Catholic Christian Lebanese and Muslim Lebanese. So I was around
0: this. Since I was so you already had that exposure. Yeah. I didn't
1: that. have full in detail like this, like, like the last four seasons where I was learning a lot more. I didn't have that.
0: Well, and I just love the the dichotomy of the show of, of trying to balance uh, Rami's character, trying to balance the religion with also just wanting to be a youth and, and explore his options and all that. And I it made me realize that all religions are so similar because, you know, you're always going to have these extremist uh, crazy people on one side, and then you're going to have you know, down to earth people who know how to take the things that make sense and not blow it out of proportion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, In that episode, Second Opinion Doctor, I'm not going to spoil it for people, but uh, your character expresses how he wants to be a father. And I've heard you speak about how important your mother is to you and how much she grounds you. So I wanted to know, do you see yourself ever being a father? Is that something you hope for in real life? Yeah, 100 percent. 100 percent. As I uh, yeah, I, I've
1: uh, I think for the last like, you know, f- not a few years, but like, oh, you know, over the years, I, I've thought about it and it'd be and it's something I I I want to do. You know what
0: I mean? It's like, nice. you know, um, well, not, I almost said, why not? Uh, but, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's almost a healthy attitude, like going yeah. into parenting, because you just figure it out as you go. Like, I got three kids and I'm still figuring it out every day, you know? yeah. Yeah, there's no uh, handbook or instruction booklet, no. Well, when you when you did that episode that was focused around your character, is that something that like early on in in season one that was already explained, like you're going to have your episode or did that sort of organically develop? I think I think uh, I think around second season or something like that, there was a mention of it
1: there was, or into in that there was some, at some, or after first, I can't remember. There was one time a mention of it. So I think it might've been an, an organic thing that I didn't really know was being formed, but I remember, I remember Rami saying something about it.
0: That's honestly one of the coolest parts about the show is that you have episodes where Rami's not even really featured or yeah. they just jumps around a lot in a really cool way and creates this network of characters that you care about all of them, you know?
1: Yeah. It's like, um, it, it that's, that's one of, I mean, that's, that's so one of my favorite parts of it, too, It's like you get to explore these characters and, and it's everybody really gets their like, time to shine. Yeah, yeah, it's like
0: it's it's really cool what he did and what he's doing with it in that in that sense. Rami, I have to say, though, his character, man, especially as it goes on, he's such a piece of shit. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. First season, you really like vibe with the guy. And then by second season, you're like, dude, what are you doing? Stop making these decisions. He's on that fuck boy vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking people's wives and his cousin. And oh, yeah, people got to get into it if they haven't watched it. I, I keep telling people about just what a radical show it is. Yeah, it's
1: um, it look, man, it, it, you know, obviously I'm on it, but I mean, it's really, really, really interesting thing. And I feel it's you, it's, it's um, you can connect, man. You don't have to really, you don't have to be Muslim. No, you know, not at all. Really connect is, and I, in, in and it's really about family and, and, uh, relationships and flaws. Yeah. And trying to find balance. Yeah. And exploring someone's flaws and, 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 because that's what a lot of times it is probably in real life. It's like, you're not, you, you're, you're not a lot of, I mean a lot of people aren't even sharing their flaws to be honest with you or their vulnerabilities or their insecurities. It's like a thing of like protecting them. Um, yeah. here you get to see a lot of these individuals, um, pains, frustrations, and them working through trying to trying to become what they think is the ideal better person or better version of
0: themselves. Yeah, it feels like a very honest experience. Yeah. Are you guys greenlit for season four or is that still up in the air? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, wouldn't, I don't know kind of thing.
1: I oh, mean, fingers I, crossed. I, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, not that would be the last in line, but I mean,
0: yeah, that's like the behind the scenes, I guess, for them, they would know. Yeah, no oh, intel on that yet. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm going to hope for a fourth. I, I can only imagine it's going to get picked up. I mean, it's, it's getting rave reviews and oh, yeah. such a talented cast. Um, you know, it's like
1: interesting as we, as we, as you ask that question about religion and stuff like that, it's like, I, I sit here with you kind of, kind of like conflicted in a sense that I like, because I had done something in August. I had like, you know, I had like converted. Right. But it's like, it's something I couldn't, I haven't spoken to my parents about that. I can't really oh I can't really wow. tell them um and converted to to muslim to islam, to islam yeah, oh, yeah okay and, and it's something i've never i haven't shared with them and it's like i don't know if, if i can or or if i will i don't think they'll watch this so <laughs> <laughs> no you'd be surprised oh yeah shit. okay <laughs> you'd be surprised so it's like but i couldn't sit here with you when you were at you know what i mean yeah. and, as you were, as we were talking about other things, it's like, oh, it didn't feel well in my chest. Yeah, like, yeah. If it like finished and I was sitting and I didn't answer the questions properly and stuff like that.
0: You seem like a very genuine human being, man. Oh, thank you. Th- Which I find yeah. with a lot of stand-up comics is, you know, it kind of comes with the territory, I suppose.
1: I mean, if you know, you. I remember watching video and specials of Richard Pryor. I just remember, the, and I remember being him being so like. Yeah, I was like a kid almost. Yeah, I was a teen, but I remember being, him being so – whether it was about him. Like, it just – he presented himself so raw and honest. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, a lot definitely. of, like, the content about his person And not – I don't see it – I mean, I could be wrong. I don't really see it as much as a high level – like, like his even now. Like, a lot of it is observation or – like, I felt like he said so much about himself Yeah, in in his stand-up that it was really – um uh, inspiring and admirable. Yeah. And, and I admired it so much that it's like, it felt so genuine. It's like, wow, this guy's like, so this guy's not even hiding anything from us.
0: Yeah. And to expose yourself like that takes so much courage, really. Yeah. It's like, and I remember wanting to
1: be like that, not knowing how, but I just remember I was like, I want to be like that.
0: Was I, like, I feel honestly, like maybe you can relate to this. I know you're someone who's dealt with a lot of anxiety as, as have I. And I, I feel like it's just easier to be honest because if I feel like I'm keeping secrets or, or telling half truths, I just feel ridden with anxiety.
1: Yeah. It, topple, it topples on more. And and I think, you know, it's not always easy being honest. It's not always easy being yourself even in public or around your friends. It, it could be like, cause you're always trying to, show the best version of yourself mm. and you don't want people to not like you for whatever these flaws, these flaws are. So it's like, it's, it gets scary, but I, I do agree with you. Like the more I find myself being super honest with myself first and then with, with
0: everyone else is like the anxiety is like lessened. Yeah. It lifts a weight. On. Yeah. Because yeah, it's true. So many people spend so much time masquerading as a version of themselves. Like you said, Yeah. You know. It's tough. It's, it,
1: it's like, you know, it's, it's like the rejection, the, the, you know, it's, it, it's like, you're cultivating. You, sometimes you don't even know who you are Yeah. and you're still finding who you are along the way that it's like, I get it. It's like, it's, it's fucking scary. <laughs> rejection is scary. It's like super. Yeah.
0: So well, I And understand. then social media implores oh. us to try and yeah put up this poster version of ourselves, whatever we think we're supposed to be. And yeah. It's I didn't
1: even grow up with that. Right. I, I like, even in con when I started comedy, because I've been doing it for, for so, for so long that I, that wasn't even a thing. Yeah. Was At like- one point that wasn't even like, as we were doing open mics and doing stand-up, there was not, there wasn't social media, my space showed up, but it yeah. wasn't really that heavy. So there was a period where you just got to really like, you know, enjoy, you didn't hear, like you didn't know what was happening. You were just yeah. going off comedy and then you knew from you, the, the way you collected data was in person yeah. All, or you heard from people. Oh, you know, so-and-so is doing good. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't, you weren't inundated with other people's.
0: Well, yeah, because feedback can be a powerful tool, but when it's just this barrage of feedback from people, yeah. you don't even really care about their opinion. And then it's hard to filter out what's good and what's bad, you know? And it doesn't – you know, I remember doing open mics and somebody at the show might have been like, you suck, and then you
1: just moved on. You went to another venue. And, you know, it didn't sit in, in – in yeah, You like, can't keep rereading uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. just like, well, that shit happened. You know, um, that guy didn't like me or that girl didn't like me, and you moved on. You did another mic or – I don't know. There was such a uh, – look, I, I'm I, – you know, social media as well has made a lot of money for people and, and put people in a, in a better place. So, But I do – feel like so lucky to have experienced it in that time. Well, I do I, when I uh, like the memory, excuse me, sorry, the memory of it when I think back about doing comedy in Toronto without no social media, it always brings me like, I just remember it being like, so hype. I was like, Oh, what a cool time. We'd have to like look through the magazines that they'd have to see where the rooms are, the listings. Yeah. I mean, it was such a, um, yeah. I, 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 I vividly have a lot of good memories from there.
0: Some bad ones obviously, but like just, just that. Where, where does your stand up career start? Cause like when I was looking for footage, uh, the oldest stuff I could find was like 2011, but um, you must've started earlier if you're saying it was wait, pre-Facebook yeah. and all that.
1: 2000 and wait in college. So maybe like nine, like early 2000s, even before. So oh, wow. Okay. Two. So I started in, in w- Windsor. So I would, they, we get Windsor had a yuck yucks. So I would do op- the open mic they had there and guest spots. And I, and I would go over to Michigan because in Windsor, the border's close Yeah, yeah. I do open mics in Michigan and Detroit. And then Ooh. that's where I started. And then in Toronto,
0: <laughs> sorry, Toronto is when I really got into it. Well, and I guess, yeah, it makes sense. I couldn't find any of that because people didn't really film stuff back then as much, you know? No, I mean, we, I remember I had a, I had
1: a VHS tape that I sent to the Arab comedy festival in New York. That's how long ago it was. Wow, I, okay. We really start recording. Dude, someone pulled out a camera out of a, a mic back then, you'd be like, the fuck is happening? You'd be like, you know, it was like, a, is he taping? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get a camcorder, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like, now everyone at like, you know, cameras are so like far advanced that it could be, you don't even know that there's a camera in the room or something like that. But yeah, back then someone pulled that out. You were like, yo, what are you, what's going on, man?
0: Yeah, I was talking to someone recently because they've got like Ray-Bans now that have a camera just in the sunglasses. So like, that's crazy. That's a little bit creepy, honestly.
1: <laughs> it is. somebody's uh, I had got sent something like glasses that my sister, my sister, I was sent them to my sister's house and she messed I was like, yo, just keep them. I thought they were sunglasses. And I think she's like, no, I think these sunglasses do they go on the internet or stuff? I can't remember what you said. It might have been something wild, and I was like, you know wow. what? Man?
0: You just yeah, keep- technology is a trip these days, man. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to I don't want to deal with that. I, well, I saw when you uh, when you won the Juno for comedy album, uh, "Good Friend Bad Grammar." This was twenty nineteen. You mentioned that your dad was a big source of your comedy. Which anyone who's seen your comedy, this is true. But I wanted to know, what, was he supportive when you first wanted to get into comedy, as well as your mom? Yeah, Yeah,
1: they were like, my dad still, it's not like, not that it was indifferent. He just didn't really like, he was just like really on, he was just on board. Like, it's not like he was like, hey man, keep doing this or do this or don't do this. He was just like, uh, like a fan. (laughs) Oh, right on. Yeah. He was just like, oh, you're doing this. This is hilarious. Okay. Like there was never even like a thing of like, yo, keep doing this or do this. He was just
0: there on it. That's like great. though. That's kind of what you want.
1: Really? Yeah. There was, you know, he was just, he'd come to all the shows if he could. So he was in and then my mom was the same way she was down. She just was like, can you just get an education? That was her thing. Mm. To graduate from college. Have a backup. Yeah. Yeah. And I did that for, I did that for her. And then, I mean, I, I, as I was doing it, I did it for me as well at the end because I got an education, but like they've always been super supportive of the whole family. They come to every show. I'm trying to remember what you took in college was it marketing or something. I took, I, I took, a, um, um, advertising first because uh, okay. I, I was waiting for my best friend at the time to come to college. He took a year off of high school and then he, he, he took marketing accounting and I switched to that. And then, um, I graduated, I think
0: three years later, maybe with a those graduate. must still be useful school uh, skills that you can utilize in, in this career
1: hundred percent. The funny, the, the crazy part about it is like one of my classmates, year, like a few years before the pandemic, it submitted me to like the distinctive alumni of St. Clair College, like with, and, and I got in with some other students for that year. And then, um, yeah, I became like an alumni and it's like on the, in the hallway, all our pictures are there. Oh, right on. So it's like you know, I went back um, to speak to the graduating students. One time, I went back to the college to visit, and I'm taking pictures with in front of this wall where this picture is, and that's the same hallways we used to walk through and eat lunch and kick it. And then I did not that's think, awesome. like years later, that I would be like you know, because I didn't use my marketing diploma. Technically, I didn't get a job in marketing, but I still used it with stand up and acting. But it was just trippy. It's like one of my former classmates, he was sitting, he works there in the school and he sends me a picture. He goes, Man, I'm looking at you across the way. Like he's sitting where his desk is, and it's just like a trip, you know, that it started off as something my mom was like, You should go to I want you to go to school
0: to that, basically. There's your mom grounding you again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to know when when you were doing stand-up, what was the skill you learned from doing stand-up that you felt was very advantageous when you got into acting something that you transferred from what you learned in stand-up um vulnerability okay i mean i was like trying to
1: express myself as much as i could through my stand-up so then when i got and i guess i mean with acting is like I, i i trust the the director and the scene and the actors like i i and I think you know the more I've been honest with myself and vulnerable with myself, the better the acting has been.
0: That's a great answer. Wow. Um, I wanted to ask you if you well, first off, I you're good friends with Steph Tolov, right? You guys kind of came up together in the comedy scene. Yeah, I've known Steph for so long, so long. Yeah. I, I just want to know if you had a favorite memory with her because I'm a big fan of hers as well, and she's blowing up huge as just like you, her career's just skyrocketing. Um, it's like oh, yeah. a funny story or something, or. Yeah, I mean, this is her making fun of me. I
1: I think was, um uh there's two actually. We were like, um we we always she we always make fun of it is that we went to a kid Cudi concert I once, I think with her sister and, and another comic Chris Robinson is years ago. I think at one point we were grinding. I think we were drunk and we were look and then we looked at each other. <laughs> Or well, we talked about it like the next day or E, but like every, like once in a while we'll bring it up and we're like, what the fuck were we doing? Like, uh,
0: like you but, both didn't realize who you were grinding or you, or you were No, just like, we knew, oh, but it was just like, at a cut. We were just, just like, you in the moment. Yeah, yeah. It was like in the moment, but
1: then there was, um, I, I was, this was in LA. I was doing like laundry and I, and, and it was like shirts and sweaters. I don't dry them. I just hang them, but they're wet. And, um, she had come over and I had, put like, you know, the shirts on top of each other on a chair, like in the living room. And then she's like in the living room, she's looking, she goes, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, what? She goes, why are you putting the shirts on top of the shirts? They're wet. (laughs) And I go, I'm, I'm drying them. And she's like, it's going to take, she's like, it's going to take long. How long have these shirts been out here? I go five days, (laughs) (laughs) like moldy and shit now, probably. (laughs) <laughs> and she was like so livid uh and i think she tells that story to people for sure she's told it in front of me to people so but i mean there's so many i mean i've known her since fucking 2007 maybe i don't know I mean. she started a sketch
0: that's so like, awesome Sketch is a long long time man like a long long time um what would you say to yourself now, if you could go back to, to talk to younger version of yourself, grinding it out in the comedy scene and maybe some advice you would give yourself. Probably to be easy on yourself and not that, and, and it's not
1: as bad as you think it is. You know how like everything is so like you, so heavy. Oh, it's the worst. I think it would be talk to yourself better, talk mm. to yourself easier and, um, um, be don't be hard on yourself with mistakes, you know? And, That's and, good advice. And just like, and probably have, the most fun you could possibly fucking have. Enjoy it while it's happening. Yeah. 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 Cause it gets like, before it gets all businessy and, and uh, before it gets all like, you know, you know, you're in, you know what I mean? Where things start to not satisfy you as much as you
0: thought they would. Like, yeah. Could, so yeah, I think that's, that's important. Well, what would young Dave think of your accomplishments now? I mean, it probably like feel
1: I mean, it's still, he's still doing it. You know, like I remember, Doing um, a couple of uh, two, the last two seasons of Mr. D and I'm good friends with Darren Rose. I started, I kind of, we started in Toronto together and and watching him ascend. And and I remember, we, I think I said to him, I go, yo, isn't this, I was like, yo, this is wild, man. We're still doing this. We used to do like these open, his. Uh, we used to do his uh, show on Young Street. Like his like open mic, basically. Well, I mean, it was a book show, but I remember like, yeah, back then we were just like, yo, we're still doing it. We're doing it now. Like we're out, we're we're both like, you know, you're on the you've been on this TV show for eight years or so. I was like, I'm coming, you know, this is great. So I think it's that. It's just like the ability that you're still doing it and working
0: and and um and you're with your friends. Yeah. So it started in Started with, yeah. You're actually the second uh Mr. D cast member that I've had on this show. Uh I had Darren Frost.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And that and, and Jerry, um, Jerry, D, he 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 hires all the comics, man. And that's one thing that's I, I give him, you know, I, I admire about that is that he 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 hired and booked a lot of comics on that show. Yeah, that's fantastic. And it's like and he's such and, and, you know, he that was the first time I got to do a TV sitcom is because of him. That was just before Rami. So I, I yeah. always thank him whenever I get a chance, man, because he's like. He's like, true. Yeah. That, that two seasons helped me out a lot. I learned a lot about cameras. I learned a lot about acting. The whole cast was amazing. And I, and I started, and I found my love for Halifax. You know, I'd be there every summer. I'd be there the last two summers. Oh, and it cool. was amazing. And I I met friends from being out there working. I met a, the Lebanese community that I didn't know was out there. Um, and then I go now
0: um, as much as I can, at least once a year to try to do a show out there. So I re- I thank him. Yeah, I've heard nothing but amazing things about the East Coast. and never yeah. been personally. But uh, yeah, I remember hearing you talk somewhere about Mr. D and how that experience was really nerve wracking being your first uh, television yeah. experience. Do you it still find be- that kind of overwhelming anxiety when you're hitting new things like feature films or doing Rami and stuff like that? Hundred percent. I, I mean, it's like I've I've gotten some uh, through therapy, some
1: tools To help ease that anxiety, but it's always like a a genuine um, nerve that you're like excited, but also nervous. I think it's like, you know, if it's in a healthier way, then it, it, it could be used in a, in a, in a, in a, how do I say it could
0: be used in a productive manner. Yeah. Well, yeah, having that skill set is huge. I, I did want to talk to you about mental health because I saw the thinking out loud segment that you did and it was that was vulnerable. Wow. You know, you really laid it all out there. But you mentioned finding a book when you were 38 that was really transformative. And I, I really wanted to know what the book was because I oh, have so yeah. much of my own. I have it. Um, you know, what's crazy
1: about um, sorry, that is thinking I would watch the thinking out louds on. um TikTok. I first saw them on TikTok, and I, and, and I knew some of the artists that were doing it. They were like, um, they were from, uh, some of them were from Toronto and I knew of them and I was always like, how do I get on? I wanted to get on it in the future. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, how do I, how do I get onto this? Um, and I would, it was, I think a year I was watching them, like they pop up randomly and I was in Montreal for the festival and a and a and a friend and a friend of mine that was like, you know, uh, that I knew that um I didn't know did one of them. She she's from Montreal, because they do them out of Montreal. Um, and she hit me up and she's like, Do you want to do one? And I was like, What? I've been watching these, of course, right? And we and we got, she set me up and we got it, and we found a date, and I was very excited. And I was like, you know, and it was a very busy time for just for laughs for me. I think I did 29 shows and special wow. special was out or coming out. And I was doing promo for that and the festival. And um, at the time, my girlfriend was with me uh, for the whole month and um, we get there. We, and I had to talk to a friend of mine a couple of days before, a day before that. And she was going through some or sharing what she was going through. And it was very emotional. And I was also like, you know, having, I was crying a lot that month. <laughs> I was crying so much uh, in a sense. And even my, you know, my girlfriend at the time is like, we just, you know, it got, it got like pretty somber and I can imagine even probably on her and, her end, we didn't know each other that, that well, we just started seeing each other in May and this is July. And it's like a lot of vulnerability, I think, like to, to express uh, to some, anybody that you just, you know, you're just trying to build and stuff like that. Yeah. So I get I so I was feeling pretty emo, heavy he, emotional and I went and did it. It was in uh, a cool venue, the, and, and the way they do it is like the cameras on you, and then they ask you. They don't even really ask you questions. It's more like, "How's it going? What's your day like?" Like something like you. and you start to go. And, and I just mm. it's wet, and I was just like, "Well, I've I've admired the people that I watch do these." And I wanted to be as honest as I could, like how I felt they were as honest, and it was very helpful. I would watch it on TikTok and I click the link. I'd be like, "Wow, these guys are these people are really exposing themselves mm. and, and expressing themselves." And and I and and it was it was great. I remember I can't remember exactly how long it was, but we you know it it, it helped me get things off my chest. And so when I post them and and, and it, again that posting them helps me get that continued off my chest so you don't feel just as alone right and then people will share stuff with you sometimes and i I think getting the narrative out there and talking like this just you know even if you're not yourself expressing just to know that it's all right yeah i think kind of moves you know moves everyone in a better direction health-wise it's like you always hear about you know, and sometimes you can't save everyone. Obviously you can't save sometimes people's demons are people's demons, but I mean, at least if there's a narrative and it's out there,
0: maybe somebody who's having a hard time getting things out can, can latch onto this. Well, you said a lot of really special stuff in that about learning to love yourself and treat yourself with more kindness, which I think is something probably a lot of people can resonate with just being way too hard on themselves. You know, Yeah. I mean, honestly, you talked about how there's so much I I related to you talked about how you never really feel at ease and even, and it's just something that happens to me all, all the time in my life. I'm in a situation where I'm supposed to be relaxing and my brain is just like trying to find something to be upset about or or to stew, stew upon, you know? Um, So I was happy to hear that you've, you've conquered some of your demons or it seemed.
1: Yeah. I mean, like with um, I was only—I wasn't against therapy. I just thought, you know, I grew up in that space. So then I—I I I was doing a podcast um, called "The Beautifully Anxious" with uh, my co-host Fivos and a real therapist, Bennett. And you know, we uh, we stopped recording episodes like a year ago, but we we did like a few years, and it was like a great experience. And and I wasn't even seeing it. It was about therapy, basically. It was shot in a recorded in a therapy office, and I wasn't. The third episode of recording, I wasn't even seeing a therapist. So oh, I'm wow. on this thing talking with everyone and uh, I, was, I was like, ah, whatever, man, I don't need it. And I think something had happened on the podcast where they were it, I you know, they were like, Maybe you should get therapy. And I remember that that day after we recorded or that night, I was like, Oh, I should see one. And then Bennett helped it was his company, part he part owns it, and um, he helped me get in. And then I've, ever since then, I was like maybe 2019 or some or 18, I've been seeing a therapist and I would see the therapist every week. And then I went to every other week and and um, it's benefited me. It's helped me express these things and, and it's helped calm the noise in your head, I think, because you got someone to go to that's not your homie. That's like not, you know, like has no really attachment to you. Yeah. It's, they're a neutral party. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, I was telling someone, it kind of like, it's like punch up for writing. It punches up your brain. Like it just mm. gets some of the stuff that's, you know, you may be having a hard time figuring out
0: and it makes it clear. So had you tried other things like meditating or uh, medication or anything like that? I tried medication like when I was really, really young, maybe. Yeah, uh, it didn't work for me either.
1: No, I didn't really like it. And I, and I got into like, not like an argument, but like a back and forth with a friend. They're like, well, you go, you're stuck on this one problem. You're going through this one. You try this. I was like, I don't think medication is going to help me. I don't. Like, it just feels like it It like. it." Just what's gets- funny,
0: though? I don't know if this applies to you as well, but I, I was so staunchly against that kind of medication while always self-medicating with like weed and drinking and whatever, hey. psychedelics and shit. So. You know I was still medicating in a different form I suppose
1: it's like yeah and I don't even think that stuff really is helping
0: <laughs> helping me yeah not when you oh, go it's anywhere. like it's like it,
1: it numbs me and it, and it's great I can I can get numbed out and 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 deal with
0: whatever I I, I deal with the pain a lot less yeah it's like that. but it's like just a distraction output. yeah yeah so well with the I exception mean, of some psychedelics yeah I don't know like if you've had experience in that department with mushrooms and stuff like that. But that's the one where I would say I do sometimes walk away with like a profound reinvigoration and appreciation for just everything, you know?
1: Yeah. Like mushrooms and microdosing, I feel it helps. I see how it helps people. Yeah.
0: It just so sort of I, you rewires
1: know. your brain a bit. Yeah. And, um, I've tried, like I've gone to healers. Oh, interesting. I just haven't medit- meditated because I just, <laughs> I don't know, man. No, I don't like. It's hard. It's hard hard to just sit there and and shut your brain off for sure. It's hard. I haven't really done it yet. So maybe
0: in the future, but I've I've done other stuff. Um, what's, Oh yeah. I wanted to talk to you about, uh, humor resources with John Doerr. Uh, He's hilarious. He was on this show as well. And it was a dream come true to chat with him, but I thought it was very funny because he kind of razzed you about, uh, saying man, bro and dope a lot. And I yeah. wanted to know after that, uh, was it something you became like hyper conscious about or you just no. kind of owned it and said like, that's, that's my vibe.
1: I am I mean, uh, yeah, I think I owned it. I mean, I say, bro, you know, we say bro, broski like that. That was, that's part of like our, our, like, it's not even my lingo. It's like, I, I mean, in a sense that like I have friends that say it way more than I do. We say bro, like, it's just how we talk to each other, especially of all my Toronto friends. It's yeah. like, it's just the lingo we say. So it's like, I don't think I felt like any type of way about it because that's how we talk. And, and uh, man, I don't say as, um, and do, yeah, bro, bro is the heaviest. Thought. I say bro way too much. So when he did that, I just thought,
0: um, and I knew, yeah, I just thought it was super funny. Yeah. Well, he cut it all. together in this compilation <laughs> that just made it look really bad. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And it's like, you gotta, you, you got, I mean, look, over time you learn to take, you learn, do you have to learn how to poke fun at yourself? And it's not like he, it's not like, you know, I was saying them every other sentence, like it's a compilation. Yeah. And I completely you made it look it. way worse than it. Actually yeah. Is. yeah, yeah. It's like, and if it's for the joke and I know it's not malice, it's like, what well, is it is, what it is, you know, we, we, with the bros, that's what I say. Yeah. Well, you guys are probably tight
0: anyway. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. He's exactly. like, I, I, I'm, you know, I will thoroughly always entertained by him. I think that was one of my favorite things I've ever done because I love riffing with him. It's just like, oh, it's beyond
0: like... It's I used like, to be addicted to his show when it was on the Comedy Network when I was in high school or college or whatever.
1: Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like he's just... I don't know, man. Everything he does is kind of ill.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. He's honestly... When you see him live, too, he's just phenomenal. Like, he blows me away. I've seen him, I don't know, three or four times live, and it's... its He's just so John Doer like, specifically. No one's like yeah, that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I want to ask you about the new movie where you're co-starring your lead role opposite freaking Ray from Star Wars, Daisy Ridley. Like that must have been a trip. I, I saw your shirt. Um... Yeah. Well, I got to represent. <laughs> yeah. So what, what was that experience like just getting to that level of, OK, now I'm in a feature film. I'm, I'm leading this thing or co-lead, you know, was that just surreal? Oh, hundred percent. I think it still is. And if you it. can tell me a bit about the film as well, just because I, I, it's called, uh, sometimes I think about dying, but I don't really know much about the plot. Is it like a romance or a drama? Um, or-
1: it's like a, it's like, you know, there's a short, there's a short that's out there that uh, before the film It's called. Sometimes I think about dying. That's where the film came from. Oh, okay. It's I learned after filming. <laughs> oh, to- interesting. Um, And that, that was directed by um, Stephanie Abel Horowitz. And that was uh, Katie. um, She um, was the lead in it. It was in the short. And then, and, and then they wrote, so the short got shortlisted. No, sorry. The short got into Sundance shorts back in the day. Right. And then that became, then it got shortlisted for an Oscar. And then they turned it into a full length feature and Stephanie Kate, Katie, and Kevin wrote the full length feature to, together, and that's how it got to the full script. And how I, how you know, I wasn't. I mean, look, it was all it came at it like I. It was like super surreal because it was. I don't what it, what had happened was it was like last not last summer the summer before I was prepping for my special that was gonna that was shot for Crave at Just for Laughs. No, I love you, Habibi. Yeah, so I okay. kind of was telling my, the people, the, my U S representation in the morning, I was like, I don't really want to do any kind of like auditions. I want to focus on this unless it's something really cool, man. And, um, that's that email came, but I didn't understand the lingo for some odd reason. I was actually with my buddy and he was, who's a big star Wars. We, I'd go watch star Wars with him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, He's And so when he saw, when I showed him the email, he was tripping. We were tripping because it was like more, I think it was a, it was a, and then the the director had written me a letter to express, like, you know what I mean? To talk to me about developing this, this character who's Robert. And it it was like also, even then I remember not knowing what the fuck was happening, bro. And and it's
0: already getting like really positive feedback and your, your performance as well. I've seen really kind things written about that.
1: Yeah. And then we I, I mean, you know, you get I, I'm not going to lie. I was like very nervous. I was very scared because, you know, Daisy's into
0: Star Wars man, she's a Jedi. Yeah. Come on. Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> like very, very. And then people will tell you like, no, nah, i just treat her like a normal person. And you're like,
0: yeah, I mean, look, that that's in theory that works mentally. Well, we um, were talking about that earlier, disassociating someone from the character that you kind of just think of when you see them. Yeah. You
1: know? And I've never acted in a movie. <laughs> so so i've never i don't have any like i have tv but i mean even tv is a supporting role, not you know and it's not i'm not there all the time so this was going to be like at least like i was going to be in a majority of of it so yeah. i hired acting coaches i fucking did a lot of work and 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 it, when i got there i was in Astoria, oregon is where we shot it and i was there for I mean, three weeks and it was such a you know, everybody there really, who, who everyone working on the film it, 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 what, what, really loved the story. And I think that's the same way it worked in Rami, where everyone loved it, that it yeah. created such a great energy. Because everyone wanted to be there. Everyone's everyone, invested. Yeah, everyone felt like they probably they were a part of something. I think they felt themselves uniquely special. Like, they were like, we're a yeah. part And the cast was amazing. Um, I built a bond with the, the cast. Um, and... Daisy was very giving um, in in the scene as a scene partner. And like very, I learned a lot from her. I learned a lot from all the actors and the director, producers. It was such a, such a, um, I don't know. I'll never forget it. I mean, why would I never, never forget it? And the film uh, is about, um, so Daisy's character, Fran, we all work in an office. Somebody had retired and I come in. Okay. You're the newbie. uh, I don't know. Am I allowed to say that? oh yeah well i mean i can always edit something out. yeah happens. yeah just I'll, I'll i'll redo it it's like it's just a it's a film where it's um fran's character um is kind of like to herself do you know what i mean like kind of like you, you know oh, not she's as, introverted yeah yeah Not as you know not like not that i don't want to say friendly but like yeah it really isn't engaging and and my character comes in and she starts to like like my character and i feel okay. like slowly like o- opens the person up oh okay. interesting yeah and and it's more of like um it's like a uh, it's i don't think it's like your traditional rom-com okay that's a drama and it's like you know
0: but there's some romance
1: like, yeah but okay. not in the not. i think in a unique or in a unique way and, and not and yeah not like how you see the ones like
0: it's not like not the cliche it, bullshit yeah, yeah it's not oh, man i'm even more excited to see now this is going to premiere yeah. at sundance right it is um january
1: 19th is the, the 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 first time it premieres i believe at five o'clock you oh, can wow. watch
0: are you it going tomorrow. for that i am yeah, yeah oh yeah, wow yeah, yeah, that's gonna be so cool yeah congratulations so cool. again that's just phenomenal man thank you it was uh yeah it's like
1: man, i've always wanted to end in act not end but like you know do stand up to get into acting it was like someone's it was always a thing since i was younger so it, it
0: i mean i couldn't be more blessed for it do you know like, uh the when the wide release is scheduled for or?
1: i don't think they because i think you go there to try to
0: get buyers i believe uh, From okay. I you shop it around uh, a bit okay yeah, yeah. interesting. I um, well, I will let you go soon. I, I've probably taken up a lot of your time already, but I got a couple fun questions. Yeah. I know you're a, a big hip-hop head, so yes. I wanted to ask you if you could put on your dream hip-hop show with any three acts, living or dead, who would they be and why? I know that's uh, probably a, a tough question. Tupac, for sure. Mm. Yeah, Tupac is solid.
1: Yeah, Tupac for sure, because he was like... I don't know, man. He could just, he did every, everything, man. Whether, you know, it was poetry, acting, but even his rap, like there's such an emotion behind how he, how he like, Yeah.
0: you know, um, even the song Dear Mama, like you're like, fuck, I gotta call my mom. <laughs> like, oh man. So, there's one of his songs. I can't remember. I always forget what it's called, but it's just like the lyrics get me every time He, it, there's a line about uh, the AK spray where the kids play or something like that. Yeah. And, you know what uh, I'm talking about? I, it's, it's basically so your kids don't grow. Yeah, it's man, yeah. he's got some deep lyrics for sure.
1: It's like very, like, you know, I think I read somewhere, heard somewhere Eminem said that the way he uh, Tupac knows how to put certain inflections in certain words. Yeah, right? 100%. Like, so I'd say Tupac, 100%. Um, even like uh, two of America's most won, all uh, uh, it's seven. Machiavelli, seven day Illuminati. You ain't gotta be in jail to be doing time. That's oh, yeah. uh, the song um, against all odds to live and die in California, to live and die in LA. Um, uh, they, uh, that song he goes. They don't give a fuck about us. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and the one in the, he goes, when it makes it to the suburbs, that's when they give a fuck about it. Like, uh. yeah, he would say him. I'd say him. i say Drake, because of like, you know, the, the, the magnitude and, and, and whatever you want to say about, you know, however you want to like, you know, there's going to be people that are going to hate on her or whatever. You cannot deny the fact that he is the longevity that he is as a, and, and staying number one. Yeah. Um, he's broken tons of records. He's, yeah. He's powerhouse. Like 10 plus years. And I don't know any other artists that's done that. Like, I mean, especially in rap, name me another artist that has had a longer run. Yeah. Well,
0: and I like, still think of him as Jimmy Brooks from Degrassi, if I'm being honest, but I, mean, I never watched it. That's oh no, I was, I was like, a big Degrassi head. Me. So yeah. In my teen years, I was seeing him. He got <laughs> shot in the back and then he was the wheelchair kid after that. Yeah. I never got to go through that. So I was always
1: like, I don't, I, I only someone, I knew he was on Degrassi, but I never really watched it. I didn't it was, watch. It. it was interesting.
0: Cause towards the end of, of, degrassi the next generation they actually started interjecting um or introducing i should say this rap angle to his character so he started freestyling and stuff before he I ever remember. actually started his music career in a big way so
1: i i remember that um and then the last the last one is tough man because it's like shit that wasn't because it could go to biggie um no shit it could go to kendrick or j cole like there's like so, there's so many. many choices yeah or eminem um I'd say right now it'd probably be, I mean, if we're saying now, maybe it will probably be like uh, J Cole. Sounds like a solid show. Yeah. It's like even J Cole, just the last two years, man. Cole's like, so yeah, I would say.
0: I actually want to do a shout out um, because I was at Ottawa comic-con back in September and I found a, an artist there who he takes comic covers and then he reimagines them with hip hop stars. So like, for example, like this is a famous comic cover of Fantastic Four running from Galactus, right? I bought this shirt because I'm a big Tribe fan. And it's the same thing, but it's like Tribe Called Quest instead, you know? Oh, wow. Dude, there was a guy, there was something, uh,
1: there was shirts I bought like this in New York, actually. Like in 2018 or 19.
0: I wonder if it's the same guy. I don't know. I don't know. This I remember guy is Beto Art. Oh, I want to give him a shout out. Beto Art look him up I did I, I remember my on uh, my my roommate at the time
1: I think I he he bought them two or some or I gave him one because I didn't want to wear it anymore or so I don't know what happened didn't fit me and then I remember asking him recently about that shirt and he goes yeah my girlfriend didn't like it who I know and she I think got rid of it I go what the oh, fuck I think I was like what
0: damn you can't get into a relationship <laughs> <laughs> make you toss out your face Austin, shit. you're fucking trying to change your style uh, yeah that's that's, crazy. that's a bummer um what's uh, something people would be surprised to know about you shit um i mean I, I don't know how to swim but i don't think anyone
1: would be i don't oh, know interesting. if that's surprising to me, well that's but surprising I mean, to me i didn't know that yeah yeah anytime i go i can't swim it causes especially if you say you can't swim at 42 people like it's like devastating. Like it starts a conversation. It's not like, oh, maybe you should learn. It's like, why? You're like, How like right? I remember yeah. even um, flabbergasted. Yeah, my ex would try to teach. She was trying to teach me because she was just like, you can't swim. It's like almost like it felt like my parents neglected me. <laughs> it's like when people talk about it, they're like, you have bad parents. Like that kind of vibe. Um, but no, my dad knows how to swim. He's the only one in the
0: family that knows how to swim. I believe my dad actually does, isn't a very good swimmer. So it's kind of the opposite. My family, the rest of us are are pretty good and took lessons and all that. But my dad never did. I think the older you get, like you were saying, it's like, no one wants to learn to ride a bike when they're 35. There's this level no. of embarrassment that's kind of thrown on top, you know? Yeah. I mean, look, if I'm in a boat somewhere in the middle of the sea, then shit, why was I even there? <laughs> yeah. You're <laughs> fucked if you fall over, I guess. Eh? Yeah. Um, yeah. This is just a fun question I've been asking people recently. If you uh, can make any pizza with three toppings, what are your three toppings? I mean, this is, it's not going to be fun because I I became a pescatarian. I am
1: pescatarian as well. Oh, last February. So I mean, if I, I mean now I eat cheese, but if I could do the three toppings when I was, you know, enjoying myself in my life, um, it would be pepperoni, (laughs) bacon, and, um, yeah, I would say banana peppers. I might've tossed it. In
0: there. You're almost at like a meat lovers there though. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, why did you switch to pescatarian just like health reasons or something? Cause you, you sound like you're speaking fondly of the mi- the meat that you no longer get to. No, it was like, I always thought about what if I just didn't eat meat because I was getting older. And then I remember my cholesterol was
1: getting high and, mm. and I was, um, last. Yeah. Not. Yeah, last January, I guess, or around this time, we were filming Rami, and uh, we were all in in New York. And uh, my friend of mine, Andy, who's a producer, she was like, she got virtual tickets to Sundance. So that's why it's pretty trippy, because in this year. So uh, she's texted a group of us, and she's like, we're going to watch these films. I watched every film with her. That she had the tickets to. So even like other friends of ours were were not watching me and her watched every single thing together. We we, she's the homie. Um, and we're watching this movie called Fresh. It's on who oh, I've heard of this. Oh, freezing up. A Christian or fuck, he plays in the Marvels, um, Captain America's friend. Uh you'll know Sebastian, not Christian. Oh, Bucky, yeah, yeah. Bucky. Yeah. So um he, they're in this movie called Fresh where he plays like a serial killer basically, where he like kills these women and like store like slowly by slowly, like to sells the body parts. Oh. Like on the meat on the black market or something like what, that to cannibals or something yeah to people he makes it like they it's like it looks like at the end like actual meat and these rich ass motherfuckers eat it
0: and they know it's human meat or no i
1: think they know it's you get some oh, of weird yeah we so we're watching it and she i jokingly i think i don't know she goes man i'm not eating meat and i go me either um uh and she's continued to eat meat. <laughs> <laughs> you stuck with it though. i thought it was a pact we had when it wasn't and I tried not eating fish for like two weeks or a month. And I was like, this I can't do. Yeah. So I went to vegetarian since like,
0: since Sundance of last year, basically. I, I'm about like, I think 10 years now. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, uh, but fish—I never even really liked seafood. But I kind of force myself to eat fish just because it's the only one of the only ways I can get protein, and you know, fish is pretty healthy for you—all the fish oils and all that shit. But uh, I could never go vegan, man. I need cheese and and yogurt. I like to, you know. There's certain things I I just I don't think I could do that.
1: I love, I mean, she, uh, you love cheese.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying I couldn't I go cheese. vegan No, and eggs. I love eggs so much. Uh, yeah, dude. I was just, as you were, as we were talking, I was like, I might go get breakfast. I might go get yeah, eggs, right? Like an omelet day. or something. Oh yeah. But I don't miss meat at all. And honestly, it was pretty transformative for me health wise, because I think after I quit eating meat, I mean, I also started working out and stuff, but I lost like 30 pounds and I just oh, wow. became like a healthier version of myself, you know, and this was in my twenties, but yeah, it's, I don't regret it at all. And I don't miss meat really. No, I don't. I don't.
1: I don't think I regret it. I, I, it's not as bad as I thought it is. Like, I mean, there's times where I look at chicken wings, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. But I, I do feel lighter. I, I don't know how to, you know, me. Yeah, me, yeah, I totally. And that. I do feel like, you know, even if I get a a, a fish fillet from McDonald's, I don't yeah. feel as like gross after. Yeah. And if I have a Big Mac or some, so I feel a lot lighter. And I think I'm losing. I mean, I generally is like a scrawny individual anyways, but I feel like it's like my weight is not doesn't um, well it I kind of
0: forces you to make healthier decisions because you have less options at your disposal like you said if you go to mcdonald's there's not a lot you can really order other than the egg sandwiches or like the fish and that's it yeah so you just find yourself eating more vegetables and fruit and stuff that you might have neglected otherwise yeah exactly okay one last question for you this is the one i've been asking everyone season four is uh what's the shittiest job you've ever had mm, or one you just hated you know I mean, I had a
1: telemarketing job that I went. I said I'm going to the bathroom and snuck out the back. You <laughs> just never came back. <laughs> I never came back. I had a sightseeing. Not sightseeing. I had a psychic. I was handing out fucking flyers for a psychic um, in Toronto, a psychic reading place. And it was raining. It started to rain. And I was like, I ain't going to do this. So I went to a payphone maybe. I can't remember. It was way back in the day. And then I called them. And they're like, what do you mean you're not going to? I'm like, yo, it's raining. And they're like, yeah, so, and I'm like, well, I don't want to be out in the rain. They're like, you have to or some. And then I, I, in my head, I remember kept going, why didn't you tell me it was gonna rain? You're a psychic. Yeah, yeah, you should have known. Like, you should. So it's like I, that. Those two jobs I remember specifically, and what I liked actually was um, it was a a keg like um like it, it was Mill Street in Toronto, okay, keg. brewery, yeah, like, to be like a brewer basically. And I think I got terrified because one of the guys training me was like, um, one, one time one of the kegs fell on his foot, oh, and I was like, I can't. Like I'm, I'm very like, I worked at a grocery store when I first moved to Toronto in the meat department, and I told my manager at the time, I go, I go, dude, if I cut myself, I'm quitting, I'm quitting, I promise you. And he goes, it was, a, I think a Portuguese or Italian guy he goes, bro, it's like it happens. I can, and he goes, I cut myself a bunch of times. I go, bro, me cut myself I'm out of here so I think like months months later I slit like my there's still like a a line like I cut my and I went up to him I think two days later I go hey man I told you I'm out (laughs) I cut myself I'm done so I mean those ones I, I didn't hate as much but you hate them because you're like Not doing the thing you love. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those two I told you at the beginning, I was like, I fucking can't stand these.
0: Well, telemarketing, I'm like, enough said. You don't even need to elaborate. And I did
1: another job of telemarketing, but my boy was the manager. So I stayed an hour longer. Yeah, that's a game changer. That kind of helped. But I mean, even that, man, I was like, I remember being so miserable. I would read and I was reading the saddest. What's his name? You know, Richard Lewis. Is it Richard Lewis from Curb? Oh, with the main guy from Curb? Not, not Larry and his oh, boy. No. The, um, bro, this is gonna, I, sorry, I have to, I have to, what's it called? It's, um, you'll know. He's like always in the hospital
0: bed on curb or not always. I have only watched like some episodes of that. I'm not super up to date on that. Oh, what's he, his name? The guy from the Goldbergs. I know he's on that show. No, here. I don't think you can see it. can't even no oh oh yeah yeah. i recognize that guy i think it is richard lewis yeah it is richard lewis like legendary comedian
1: like yeah. that was that and anxiety and the way he's on stage and he's like
0: he co-starred I, in uh john candy's last movie yeah, uh, yeah he's Lions like east i think it's called yeah dude, he's and he's in um so he's in a uh, curb
1: um and I, I believe he is yeah and i remember reading his book about it was like about anxiety or depression as i was at the, on my breaks at the job, and i was like yo i gotta get out of here
0: so yeah that's some dark shit telemarketing yeah. honestly you're just like harassing people for a living so it's not it's a great to so existence it's so bad they got to find a different way shit man well thank you so much i really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and no, I, I wish you all man. the best with your continued success thank you It's sorry it took a bit to, to do this but thank you very much oh not even man if you're ever in ottawa i hope to do it with you in person next time
1: I will probably I'm probably coming back there in April to do um, the lounge. Uh, Let's do it up. So I'll I'll, I'll do it up in person, bro.
0: Awesome. Yo, take it easy, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too, bro.
1: Peace. Peace out.